it's Eric, obviously. Welcome to today's podcast, Thursday, January 12th. Allergies, food trends, white girl boards, all to come with my good friend Mary Billiou, the food empress of the blade. First, a couple of things. What are some life-changing moments in our lives? I mean, big, big things. Obviously, the go-to is COVID, you dummy. What else? Uh, There's a thing called Black Swan events. There was a good book that was way over my head by a Nicholas Tasib Talim that I tried to read like 15 years ago, and I just got the gist of it. Black Swans are totally unexpected events that change our lives, like the internet. This is an internet thing that changed our lives and affects about every second of our day. And the changing began 16 years ago. Three things, a widescreen iPod with touch controls, a revolutionary mobile phone, and a breakthrough internet communications device. An iPod, phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod. A phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. That's Steve Jobs 16 years ago. It's not like 15 or 10, but it, it... It was a neat video to watch, to think how much our smartphones have changed every second of our life. Um, Let me give you a couple of iPhone memories of mine. First, what was your last phone before your iPhone or Android, whatever? I I, I had some Sprint phone. In fact, I might have bought it from from A-Dub. Then after that, I... Uh, had I, I wanted a Razor Two. I did not. Ne- I did not have the Razor One. One of the Razor Two. It was very sleek and shiny. It was a piece of junk. It was not functional. It was not practical. I hated using it, but I stuck with it. I was watching a show at the time. Was it Flash Forward? No, it was another one of those end of the world shows that it, it didn't. It ended very quickly. And um, one of the characters on the show had a rugged looking. Flip phone. It, um, I looked it up, and it was probably a Sanyo. I don't know the exact make. I don't know the model, but it was a Sanyo. Uh, rugged looking, could fit in in your hand. Pretty, pretty small, not tiny. Um, had the steady antenna, um, and and I wanted it because it just looked like it was rugged and durable, but not 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 overly rugged. Where I was gonna like wear it on my belt, and I needed to bang around all day. But it could deal. It could deal with some bumps and bruises, and I broke that, and I had to get a cheaper one on some really on the insurance. They didn't give me the same phone again. Um, and then I got promoted in 2009, so the company was going to pay for my phone. So I'm like, no, I can I, I can check my internet on this flip phone I have by typing in the web address AOL and blah 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 blah. And I had an iPod with thousands of songs, and I didn't need to give that up. I think I might even had two iPods. But then at one point I, I was like, you know, I, I better get a, I better get an iPhone. I was, I was, I bought into the allure. Um, I forget what one I had. Maybe iPhone two, 
Isn't it wild when you see pictures of the screen, like the graphics on the screen from those original iPhones, and it looks like you're looking back in time? Like hieroglyphics are thousands of years old. The the text and the screen color, it looks thousands of years away from where we are now. Do I have any iPhone memories? Uh, one iPhone memory is I was sending some, some naughty messages. And my HR lady comes... Uh, comes comes to me, and I didn't have a really good relationship with her. She's like, I need to talk to you about your phone. The, at this point, um, my panic needle was was pinned, and she said, I, we've got to talk about your text messages. Uh, I, I was having a heart attack. I was having a panic attack, but it could have been a heart attack. I was dying right there. She said, we have to get you on the unlimited text plan. I'm like, oh, whew. Um However, my phone was set up. It was there was a text message limit, and it was not the unlimited, so there was a big bill. She didn't ask about anything else. I guess that's the only iPhone message I want to share with you now. Something else. Um, I will not forget. Three, four years ago, Tony Geftos was doing an interview with a guy, and he played the B roll on the internet, and it was a, a boxing analyst saying Toledo, keep an eye on Jared Anderson. Years later, Jared Anderson, that guy was right, is a big-time, successful heavyweight boxer. He's moved to Houston since then, and I think uh, his mom worked for the Zeff Center, and she moved there with him. He's 21, 22, is a uh, big baby, 419, might be his handle. Whenever you, whenever he fights, he often wears like mud hands or walleye trunks. That analyst is right. He is kicking ass in the ring. Uh, he recently fought at Madison Square Garden. They're heavyweight Champion of the world is not a thing anymore. Other boxing levels in UFC catch our attention. Not since like the Mike Tyson days. And a little bit after that, Evander Holyfield, Riddick Bowe, Lennox Lewis. The Klitschko guys, I guess. But Jared Anderson, Toledo's own, might bring back heavyweight boxing. I bring this up because he said he wants to have a fight. He's instructed his management to get him a fight at home this year. Now, I don't know if he's just like pandering to hometown or whatever, but I was talking to a friend today. We don't have a Solheim Cup or anything lined up. So to have Jared back here, I'm guessing at the Huntington Center or somewhere else where seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people can watch him would be a fantastic night. We did have something like that maybe six years ago, seven years ago, when I think Robert Easter was on his way up and really doling out some beatings. He had a fight, and it was a big night at the Huntington Center. This could be even bigger. Hopefully, Jared will stay out of trouble, unlike Robert Easter and O'Shea Jones a little bit. But yeah, to, to her, we we are. If you open your, if you pull back the onion a little bit, if you if you lift up the covers, we're quite a little boxing town here in Toledo. All right, I'm going to keep this away from sports, because but it's a sports thing. I'm going to go another way with the 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 analogy, the analog. Let's say you have uh, you have a person who who works at a company. They they're like the manager, supervisor. They don't own it, but they're the supervisor. They, along with um, their direct superior, have this vision to be successful very soon. 
Okay. Sounds good so far, but what they wind up doing, and you trust this guy, like this person is very, this woman, this person is very talented. They're not selling you a bill of goods. Like this plan, this plan should work. You trust them. They have vision. They're organized. They're motivational. So you're going to, you're going to go with the plan, but the plan means you're going to sell off a lot of near-term future resources so you can achieve this success the the top of your industry but you're really risking if not giving away the future so after this success you could fall off the cliff you can go out of business real fast but they can never take away that success from you that the the, the banner of that achievement will fly forever so things go down the drain as you 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 reach that pinnacle and then soon after you tumble and you don't have those resources to tap into the budget's gone away people don't want to work for you anymore um, all the things that could have continued the success are now out of your hand so you throw out that I don't think I want to be here anymore so the person who was part of implementing this vision and attaining that success doesn't want to stick around for the rough times that doesn't sit real well with me i appreciate and acknowledge that you brought us immense success a level that few achieve but now you're just gonna leave like you you mortgage the future you bought that success on credit now you're gonna leave and somebody else has to pay for it you're entitled to that. Maybe there was a lot of mental health stress that you went through. Maybe there were, I don't know, how many how many hours can you work in a week? Maybe there were 120. Maybe you slept three hours a night and were at the office or work 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day for several years. And it just burned you out. I understand that. It still doesn't sit right with me that you're going to pick up and leave. How do you feel about that? So this is possibly what's happening with the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford. Um, their head coach is Sean McVay, who has now taken the Rams to two Super Bowls. But within the last two years, they traded a lot of their draft picks and spent a lot of money. And they won a Super Bowl last year, right? They beat the Bengals. They won a Super Bowl. But now their coach, for the second time in a year, he considered going to work in TV last year. The rumors are he is considering stepping away because he does not want to be a part of the rebuild to get the Rams back to the level of success they've had. They're bad this year. They were really bad this year. Like maybe the worst record of a defending Super Bowl champion ever. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. And he doesn't want to stick around for it. I get it. There's probably a lot of stress. His wife is from Ukraine. They recently got married. Maybe they want to start a family. Maybe he just wants less stress. I get that. But it still doesn't sit right with me that you bought that success and championship on credit and somebody else has to pay the bill. Uh, the bill is small. I think under 10 bucks for Aaron Ann's in Sylvania. We're going to get to that because that's cheap eats with my very good friend, Mary Bill. You, But first, let's let's start with, let's have an allergy discussion. Hello there. Hello there, kind lady. How are you doing today? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm better today than I was a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm feeling as good as I can feel. How about you? I'm doing all right. Except my allergies seem to be acting up, so I'm gonna apologize right now if I get a tickle and I start coughing. I've got a butterscotch candy in my hand ready for that moment if it happens. Um 
Okay, let, let's discuss this. What, okay. What kind of allergies do you have? Um, it's just been so rainy for so long that normally I don't have any problem. And today I'm just sniffly and a little scratchy. And it's only been like the last five minutes that I started coughing, of course, because you were going to call. So I think I'm okay. Let me run something by you. So... I am, okay. I'm going to be 44 in May. I know I'm inching into needing reading glasses territory, which frightens me because I want more good eyes than the, it's just been eight years since I've had a LASIK. But, um, okay. so it com- com- comes in and out and whatever. But the, the other day, um, like my, my near vision was terrible, but I also had a, painful headache and this happened not that long ago and my eye doctor said it's probably because you turned on the heat for the winter time and your eyes got really Mm -hmm. dried out which is pretty common with LASIK so the heat's been on for a while but I had this nonsense the other day where I I just it, it was a stabbing pain in my in my sinus area, and my eyes were going nuts. I'm like, is it... Okay, because I was just going to ask where in your head, because that makes a difference, whether it was like you're having trouble with your eyes or your sinuses were giving you problems or whatever. So, okay. So, uh, so if it was right around your eyes and your forehead, that so I, would absolutely be sinus. Yeah, because I had noticed over the years... Um, when we have nice weather and I open up my, uh, my the door that I can to get some fresh air in the house... Um, I have made the mistake to leave it open while they're like doing landscaping outside. So just all the stuff comes into the house. And again, it feels yes, like it, it feels like there's like a like a like a uh, a pike in my brain. I guess I've gotten some some adult allergies. And um so that in a way, I'm glad you're having an allergy attack right now because it makes me feel better about yes. Tuesday. Yeah. Well, you know, like you speak about the um the open windows, you know, so like Craig is allergic to almost everything. So, you know, when they mow the lawn, um, you know, we have to be sure the windows are shut. When the heat comes on, you know, it's it's just constant. It's like it doesn't, you know, if it's raining, it's the mold. If it's this, it's the dust. If it's that, it's the pollen. The windy days blows it all around. Like, so, yeah, it sounds like you're developing that. Yeah, I've had it for a while, um, and I, maybe it's not so, it's it's a combination like allergies, but also the dry eyes because I would not use my eye drops for the LASIK and the dry eye as much as I needed to. But um, yeah, oh, I, I, okay, yeah, you got to do that. I am. I know you're going through. You've got your finger stuff going on, and maybe because yeah. we're good friends, you can you can walk me through this. Um, but I, I'm going to be a terrible person. Yeah to get older as things break down. Um, it puts me in the worst of moods. Let me warn you right now that the warranty wears out at 50. Okay. And they do not give you a chance to re-up. Okay. And that's not just in my experience. I've always been in, in good health. And it's since I turned 50, I've had, you know, two shoulder surgeries, two hand surgeries. Mm. Um, it seems to be a fairly constant thing. People will say, oh, yeah, I was doing great. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, you, So you got a few good years left. <laughs> thanks. With, with, with all the anguish that my brain has put me through, you would think that I'm, I'm yeah. prepared to go through this, 
this the sea of hell, but it's actually the opposite because I feel like one, I've only had my good eyes since uh, 2014 um, when I got LASIK. Be- mm-hmm. Before that, I, I I had no idea. I had like Coke bottle glasses. Um, my vision sucked, and up until what's it like 2015. Uh, my brain was my own worst enemy. So, like, I look at it as I've only yeah. had, like, a decade of a reasonably decent life where I can get up and, and have a nice life. And now it's all about to go away in another five years. Exactly, yes. <laughs> you know, and you think, well, you know, between, you know, mental health and, and the eyes and whatnot, have I not done my time? Right. Could not there be some compromise? And maybe you will get a little bit of, you know... Reprieve. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and and maybe, you know, it won't happen until like 55. And you're in good physical condition. You take good care of yourself, and that will certainly help you. So maybe you've got another five years after that before your warranty ends. We have, we have, good, <laughs> we have, we have good genes in my family. Um, and I feel like, and I even felt this way when my head was all messed up. I'm like, I'm... I'm doomed to live with this broken brain to be 124 years old. Um, now, my brain is much better, but I still I do think I'm going to live a pretty long-ass time because you know what? It comes with the religion. Mm-hmm. It comes with where I'm from. A lot of people need to hear me whining and kvetching and moaning until I'm 104. That's right. That's right. Put that out into the universe. Yeah. Um, okay. We need that. Let's uh let's let's get to business here. Um okay. I, I want to talk about Aaron Ann's, but first, I think th- this was in the blade over the weekend, but I think it was a, a, a syndicated story. But I thought it would be a good topic for us because you you are the food empress. Um and, and I'm sorry if this oh, was your you. story. I'm still not wearing my crown. Yeah, you Mary does wear a crown wherever she goes. <laughs> Um, what are... They're getting it ready for the coronation in May, so, you know. What are are the food trends of this year? Um, well, I wrote a story about food trends. Did you? That wasn't a a wire story. That was mine. Okay, sorry about that. Not a problem. Um, a lot of, a lot of... It seems to be sort of continuing from the pandemic when we were, we, um, you know, getting back to nostalgia and comfort foods. Um, so those old casseroles that your grandma used to make, um, or instead of like the the tiered layered cakes with all the all the the fancy decorations, just the good old classic like you know, mom made it for your birthday kind of layer cake, things like that. Um, Filipino food is having a huge, huge, huge moment. Uh, I wrote a column about that a couple of months ago uh, from the, the cooking competition shows to the cover of magazines. Filipino food is everywhere, and its biggest star right now is ube, which is a purple sweet potato, and you can get the extract and dye your food a gorgeous, gorgeous shade of purple. Okay. Um, and it tastes a little bit, a little vanilla-ish. It's not an odd or off-putting flavor. Um, having, uh, let's see, dates, dates in every kind of form, from from eating a date with the pit in it, you know, and then taking the pit out, um, but eating it, you know, as is to date syrup, which is dates that have been cooked down to the consistency of, like, molasses or maple syrup, um, dates being mashed up into energy balls. Dates are, are everywhere right now. 
and um, new condiments. We're moving beyond like the sriracha and gochujang um, into into more global flavors. There's been a lot of interest in global flavors, particularly for condiments and 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 hot sauces in particular. You know, so like the um, the Yemenite. Uh, shug, which I can never say properly because you kind of have to start at the front of your mouth and work to your back of your throat and get it all out in one syllable, but it's close to shug. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Latin American condiments uh, made with peppers. There's there's all kinds of stuff. Lots of lots of flavor, lots of heat, lots of texture, lots of combinations um, so that every bite is different and every bite is interesting. It's not just the same old, same old. Um, do a lot of these come from, I, this is a two part question. Do a lot of these come from TikTok? Mm-hmm. And then the second part is, uh, you're not, you're not a TikTok person. So how do you keep up? I with- am not a TikTok person. I'm, I, I have a whole long list of reasons why I will not engage <laughs> with TikTok. <laughs> so, so you're not a TikTok person. So how do you keep up with these trends? Um, I don't have to be on TikTok to see what TikTok is doing. And TikTok, absolutely, in the food world, um, as far as I'm concerned, it's overtaken Instagram. Everybody talks about, yeah. you know, Instagram-worthy pictures. Um, but but TikTok is, is all over the place. So, like, another one of the big trends is tinned fish, as it's called, because, um, you know, that's the British term. But it's canned fish, and it's beyond tuna. Oh. Uh, there's a woman who posted about how she and her husband would have tinned fish date night, and whatever they were serving was made with, you know, salmon or tuna or mackerel or sardines or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time or something is just weird enough that it catches people's attention. So the canned fish is is a huge, huge, huge trend. Absolutely huge. What? And that absolutely stems from TikTok. When they had the recipe a couple of years ago, where you baked the hunk of feta with the roasted tomatoes and then stirred it all together to make pasta sauce. Again, TikTok is is everywhere, influencing everybody. Have you seen uh, the, the the drama the last couple of days with with Chipotle and like a, a Philly cheesesteak quesadilla? I I did see that, and you had you had you know indignantly said that you will never get anything remotely close if you go to Chipotle, and I would agree with that. Right. Um, yeah, I know there, there was a, a lot of drama about that. So, yeah, and, I, and I'm the same way. And that's not to say that it doesn't taste good. Right. It's just are not- you looking for just something that tastes good or are you looking for authenticity? And if it's not really authentic, should they be slapping that label of Philly cheesesteak on it? Somebody tweeted that and, and she was like, look, we should be insulted by this. So, like, uh, the only, the, the places that do it smartly say Philly style for anything. It can be like Philly style mac and cheese, mm-hmm. but, or Philly style. Yeah. yeah. Philly style is the important word in all of that. Yes. You can get a lot of leeway if you just sort of indicate that you've been influenced by rather right. than are trying to, to create the authentic version. So I'm the same as you um, because it's important for my job because this is, TikTok is, is the biggest thing in pop culture right now. Um, so I find mm-hmm. a way to find some of these popular things without being on there. Although there are some things that are just so massive, um, they do escape my mm-hmm. purview. But I know that it, it's it's a big food deal. So I was wondering how you work with that. But I'm glad that you're able to come across the things that, that are important to your readers. Yes, indeed. I, I'm, I'm here for the readers. Uh, trying very hard to, to give them uh, what they want, what they need, what's useful, what's helpful, what's entertaining, uh, within the constraints of the job. Like, right. you know, we, I, 
I have I am I'm on record as saying before that our senior editors tend to like more conservative food stories. Whereas I did a, a I asked in a column recently. Um, you know, I've pretty much got 52 open weeks here for 2023. What would you guys like to see? And I had people saying, we'd love to learn about Asian spices. We'd love to learn about Latin American flavors. And I'm like, yeah, well, go tell senior editors, you know? So <laughs> those are the kinds of stories I would like to do. Um, and and they, they still tend to think that Toledo is more conservative than I think it really is. I have a question. Um, and this, this yeah. was, this, this just hit me. Are you allowed to have your own blog or do you have to keep any content you create within the blade? <clears throat> um, well, I have my, my food Maven Mary Facebook page, which is essentially my, um, you know, where I, where I share my stories, where we, you know, it's all food all the time. And I can, you know, if I make something, for dinner, you know, I could put the, you know, a lot of times I'll give people, I admit I haven't done it in a while, um, I will give people like an extra recipe. Here's what I made for dinner. It turned out great. Um, so I can do that kind of thing. But if I were to have um, something that's really more involved and separate from that, it would really have to be either approved by or within the blade, you know, purview. That makes sense. Yeah, I know it's it's a it's a gray area for us. I remember years yeah. ago now, like in 2000, 2011, um, when we were still learning social media and as Facebook was becoming this, this monolithic beast, my general manager at the time said, oh, we own your Facebook page. I'm like, the hell you do? I'll put Eric Weisberg on there. You don't own shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> But we've had a lot. Yeah, of- see, that's it. I that's why I have I have the two distinct pages. I have my personal page, and then I have the other one because I don't ever want to have um, them feeling right. that they own it or they have control over it, and and I want to be able to to you know keep some things that are just really just for my friends or my family or my opinions are separate from my professional life. Yep. Oh, but remember, uh, they don't, uh, any of your opinions, they don't represent your employer. So they wouldn't fire you for something uh, awful that you said. I would hope. <laughs> I still laugh when I see, I still laugh when I see people have that in their, their Twitter bio. This does not reflect the views of my employer. It might not reflect them, but they'll still kick your ass out for saying dumb stuff on the internet. You know it. You know it. Um, okay, next up, more food trend things. And this is actually like a leftover uh, thing I wanted to run by you in, in, in October. Uh, oh, wow. And okay. I forget. You've been hanging on this a while. I know, I know. Well, we were talking about trends and stuff <laughs> and things that pops up, things that uh, arise from social media. Um, uh, charcuterie boards. Um they yeah. are they are what they are. I did read it, and I don't know if this took off somewhere else or, or, or whatever. That's why I'm asking you. I did read that mm-hmm. butter boards were growing in popularity similar to charcuterie boards. Can you can you offer anything with that? Did you miss my story with Liz Donaldson from early December? Probably. Liz did Liz did a charcuterie board and a butter board for me. Um, and it was gorgeous because Liz Donaldson uh, is, is just amazing. And, you know, people know her uh, through the years from Sofos, from the Andersons, from Churchill. She's at Focaccia's doing the brunch now. Liz is a force of nature and just, just an amazing woman. And her art, where she really feels her passion, is making charcuterie boards. Um, 
so of course I have to I have to clarify that a charcuterie board um, has sort of lost some of its definition. Its definition is expanded. Technically, it means like the sausage board um, because that's what charcuterie is. It's it's sausages and meats. Um, when they start adding the cheese and the crackers and the fruit, all right, we'll still go with it. When it's a bagel board, when it's a doggy treat board, when it's a chocolate board, people are still calling them charcuterie boards, but that's not correct. Mary, 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 Don't Mary, do let, that. Don't do that near me. Listen, <laughs> let, let the basic white girls who have now learned how to correctly pronounce that after all these years, give them their dog food charcuterie boards, okay? Let them have that one. They're welcome to have they're welcome to have a dog treat board. Do not call it a charcuterie board unless you're giving them like dog sausages. Well wow. if they want to give their dogs the sausages, by all means it's a doggy charcuterie board. You need to stir but this the up people in the- who still talk about like say chai tea, which essentially means tea tea because chai means tea. Or the people who say with the oju, not understanding that it's with the ju because oju means with the ju. They're the same people who are calling everything a charcuterie board, and you may be able to tell that it makes me crazy. I don't know. The, uh, maybe maybe I'm not making myself clear. No, this is fiery. I love this. You need to put this out uh, for internet. Oh, God. You, you need to start up the, the, the pineapple on pizza debate with charcuterie boards. This could be incredible. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I you know, I watch a lot of cooking shows, and they mispronounce mascarpone, which is like a soft Swedish kind of sweet, like with a hyphen I-S-H, not Swedish from Sweden, um, sort of like a cream cheese. Um, and so many people have transposed the R and they call it mascarpone. There is no R in the first syllable. I have ranted about this. Um, that on the Food Network one time when they were showing a cooking show and they have all the, the little containers labeled, it literally said Mars Capone. Whatever idiot assistant was labeling things thinks that's what it's called. I have a picture of it. I have a whole file of these things. How many years so, did it, uh, how many years did <laughs> how many years did it take for people to stop calling it Chipotle? Um, I've not heard that one, but if I hear people say bruschetta instead of bruschetta one more time, uh, my head is gonna explode. So and I can tell you the reason for why it's pronounced that way because I took I took a little bit of Italian. Wait, so the way we say spaghetti with the hard G, it's because of that H after the G. So when you see the H, you know C H in bruschetta, that H is what's making it a hard sound. Okay. And but people keep saying bruschetta, and it makes me nuts. Because then, like, a waitress or somebody will say it, and, and I have to either say it my way, or I have to, to you know, I have this, this debate in my head, do I say it my way in response? Because I'm not going to correct her, but, you know, or do I say it her way so as not to embarrass her, which is what I've heard Queen Elizabeth will do, is that she'll mispronounce something so you don't feel mortified having made an idiot of yourself in front of the Queen. Um and of course, I say that still as though she's still alive, even after watching the funeral and everything. I just can't get, I, I, I'm still not used to Charles III. Um, but we digress. Yeah, butterboards are a huge, huge, huge thing. Huge. And, and Liz made the loveliest one. It was the first one she'd ever made. She's like, well, you know, you really want me to do that? I'm like, what? Yes, Liz. So we, we got to do it. Toledo, Toledo can get with this. Toledo is not as far behind as, as people think. 
So she smeared the, 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 the rich creamy butter and then she had a savory side and then she had a sweet side, the sweet side. Oh my God. She had pistachios and little tidbits of candied orange peel and a drizzle of honey. And, you know, you smear some of that on, on good bread or crackers and it was just so simple and so lovely. Um, how, how often have you seen these? Like, have they, they, has the popularity of the charcuterie boards come down and the butter boards have caught up to them? Like, will this overtake the charcuterie boards? I don't know that the butter boards will last. I think it's just a new thing to play with. Okay. Um, things like bagel boards, you know, where you put out the bagels and the schmear, the cream cheese and all the stuff. I mean, it's essentially the same pre- presentation that you're going to get a kiddush at any synagogue on Saturday after services. Um, but you call it a bagel board and suddenly it sounds fancy and trendy, right? Right, right. Um, I don't know that the butter boards will last, but I think the idea of presenting things in a fun and interactive and attractive way does last. And, you know, and that was one of the things, you know, so in my story, there wasn't a recipe per se, you know, use four ounces of brie and, you know, six ounces of pepperoni or whatever. It was really just, I took notes as Liz just created. So she starts with this, this empty board, and she's got all these cheeses and fruits and dried fruits and nuts and just all this stuff. And it's like watching a painter at work or something, because it really is a still life when she's finished. And it's so beautiful with all the textures and the colors and the flavors and the height differences and whatnot. And she said, you know, sometimes you want to just take, like, the cheese cubes and dump if you have it all organized, say, in a nice pyramid, like, you know, say a stack of cans at the grocery store, people are going to be intimidated. But if it's just a pile, people will feel like they, it's already been messed up. It, it's there for the taking. And that's really what you want from, from a board is you want it to look attractive and you want it to be inviting rather than intimidating. So I think in terms of presentation, if people are taking, are taking that and using, using that, um, attitude in presenting their food when they serve it, then that's all good. It's just not something I can I can grasp. It's not like art where I'm going to hang it, hang it on a wall or something, and look at it forever. Like literally, this will not look like this in about 38 seconds. Precisely the first the first swipe through kind of kind of takes it all away. Um, let's move on. Tell me about the latest cheap okay. eats at Erin Ann's, which is a, a new place. Yeah, she's only been open since, like, November, and um, and she has fresh-pressed juices and juice blends. Um, she's got wholesome snacks, like um, some, some oat bars and, and energy bars, and she has coconut milk-based ice creams. So she's really there for people who are dairy-free. Many of the items are vegan. Everything is gluten-free. So if you've got dietary issues, Erin is there waiting for you. She's so excited to welcome you in. Um, and even if you don't, like I don't have any dietary issues, still, oh my God, the juices are so beautiful and so refreshing. And and there's a little play space because she's got three young children that she homeschools. So there's a little play space where you can bring your kids and you can hang out and they can have a good time and you can relax. Um, and... And it's just it's just such a lovely, warm, cozy space. And in the two hours that we were there, we saw regulars come in. We saw um, people coming in and, and trying new things and raving about it. There was a blueberry, the blueberry smoothie, and I forget all the ingredients. And of course, I don't have the menu 
with me, but it was an interesting mix of, of blueberries and some, and some other things. Um, and it was this gorgeous, vivid shade of purple. And as a woman was going out the door, she's like, oh, man, this is so good. And I'm like, well, what did, you, what did you get? And she told me about it, and it was something that she hadn't tried before. Um, so it's, it's just a lovely space, and I, and, I, and I recommend that everybody go there. Erin Ann's. Yes. Yes, indeed. She's so knowledgeable. Her own family has had some, some issues with dairy intolerance and, and, and food intolerances. So she, she, feels, she feels people's pain. She, as she put it, she has lived this. So she knows she's a wealth of, of information and resources, and she's literally serving food that people can eat. So I tried the candy cane ice cream because I'd originally Ooh. talked to her before Christmas and we couldn't make it work. Um, but she said she would save some of the candy cane ice cream for me because I absolutely love it. And you can only get it at Christmas time. And it was just, it was, it was so, it was, it was creamy, but also a little bit slushy. Like so, you got this this sort of almost like icy kind of flavor and and texture, and it had the little tidbits of candy canes. But instead of just being the commercial candy canes, you know, they, she had specially sourced them, so they were made without refined sugars, and just like the attention to detail is just so extraordinary, absolutely well, extraordinary. It was like a peppermint. Flavor. And everything we tried was wonderful. It was like it was a peppermint. It was a peppermint flavor ice cream, wasn't it? Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it wasn't like a muted um, or sort of vague approximation, like a like a, a chili cheesesteak inspired. You know, <laughs> it really was candy cane. It was full on peppermint. Um, are there other seasonal things that she'll have? I mean, we're, Easter will be here before you know it. But does she have things like that, like specialty flavors that are there and then gone? She's got Constance, and then she, she does do seasonal flavors. I don't know what she might have in coming up for Easter, spring, or for summer. I would imagine that when fall rolls around, there will be, you know, the ubiquitous pumpkin spice. Um, it sounds like a good spot. It was in today's Blade. I it know, was. You should try. I know. Because I know you're, you're health conscious. I know I can uh, ask you, but you won't answer. Can you give me a hint as to what the next Cheap Eats might be? Um, we've got a couple of ideas, but Phil is on vacation, so uh, I'm not going to be scheduling that till next week. And a lot with Cheap Eats um, is driven by what we want and trying to have variety in terms of location and cuisine and what we're eating. Um, but a lot of times, too, it's, it's very much dependent upon who actually acknowledges my existence and gives it back to me. Right. So I got a couple of options, but, but I don't have anything set for sure. What do you hear from... Uh, speaking of ubiquitous, there are food trucks everywhere, spring and summer. It's food truck season. Where do you come across most of yeah. those people at now? Are they just like, you know, is it like um, like an off season, like baseball? They don't play in the winter time. Do they just kind of like take some yeah. time to themselves, family time, recover, recuperate, plan for the next year? I think it's all of the above. There are a few. If you go to the food truck page, you'll see there are a few that still go out. Um, but weather is so difficult. Um, and, you know, will people stand in line in the cold and the rain? You know, will it, you know, how does it affect the generator? You're nice and toasty and warm while you're cooking in these trucks. You know, I mean, it gets very hot in there. But, um, but in terms of will your customers come, will it damage your equipment if you're out in the cold? So winter can be difficult, but some of the trucks do run. Um, and sometimes it's really just a pop-up. It's like, hey, the weather looks good. Let's, let's pull out the truck. Yeah. Uh, a number of them will do catering. 
So um, if you need catering, you could get a hold of them, and they're happy. They're happy to still provide the food and all the favorites that you're used to getting in the nice weather, and then you know just provide it for your event. But yeah, I know I know a number of them are already posting about, hey, we're looking to fill up our schedule. You know, give us a call. Where would you like us to be? Do you want to hire us for an event? Whatever. So it's like I say, it's it's all of the above. Uh, my and, you know too. You know, in a lot of cases, sometimes the food truck is a is a second job. So it, it's kind of nice to be able to vote some time to, to work into your family without having this other, um, you know, mission and passion, but also distraction. I get it. I know people are psyched up for uh, for food trucks. I know pe- there are plenty of people who miss yeah. some of their favorite foods that they are able to eat like seasonally, frequently because it's not food truck season. Um, my last thing, Except, just like with like if you're if you know like you're looking forward to to I don't know your your grandma's you know best Christmas cookies or something. You only get them once a year. There's something really special event about, oh boy, you know, food truck season is coming. I'm going to be able to get the quesadillas or I'm going to be able to get the, you know, the, the lumpia or whatever. It, it makes it that much more exciting, the anticipation. You know, the fish fry season is coming up um, with Lent in, well, quite frankly, it's probably a few weeks. I'm not sure what the date is of Ash Wednesday, but it, it's coming up soon. Punchki Day. I'm surprised Kroger doesn't already have the punchki out because they always put them out like a month too early. And that too also, that's my brain off um but there's things that it's just kind of fun to have it the one time a year and that makes it really special instead of something you can get all the time it kind of just loses a little bit of a of a glimmer i think yeah i mean if we serve pumpkin pumpkin spice year round it wouldn't have the buzz that it does for whatever its 60 day lifespan is precisely you look because you know the pumpkin spice people look so forward to that they're so excited to see their favorite coffee drink on the menu again my last thing to run by you, um, and I'm okay. curious how much you know about it, or if I have to throw okay. some things your way and get you into it. What do you know about the movie called The Menu? I have seen the ads. I have not actually seen the, me- the movie itself. So what are you looking for? You would like the first half of the movie because it's so much about restaurant life and presentation yeah. and like a pretentious chef. It gets a little it gets a little violent and very strange, but the first half of it, like when I was watching it, I was I could hear you like doing play-by-play in my head and and describing <laughs> what you see on the screen because it's just this super fancy restaurant. Um, well, it, it, are you familiar with like the, uh, yeah, and Ray Fiennes plays the, plays the chef and I can't think of anybody who would have done it better. Um, and I know it, it's all about, you know, because, because Noma, which has regularly been named the, the number one restaurant in the world, uh, has announced it's going to close next year. Yes. And, you know, like, you know, the reverberations. And so it's sort of a play. The menu is sort of a play on that and that kind of place and the pretentiousness of, of, you know, placing, you know, little little petals of things um, with tweezers and whatnot. But I do know that it's actually sort of a horror movie in addition to satire. And I don't do horror movies. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I've not seen it yet. It, it's not scary horror. It's it's strange scary. Um, it, it gets a little, little bloody. That's all the spoilers I'll do. But you're, you're right. The, mm-hmm. the, uh, I'm trying to remember the line because I... I this will give you an idea of the pretentiousness and just how well Ray Fiennes plays the character. Um, 
as they're like doing the first course, he gives this this monologue, and he says, "You're not here to eat." And all all the um, participants, the people at the tables, like look around, like, "What what are we doing here? Why'd we pay all this money?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're here to taste." <laughs> and and then, well, you know, the thing is, is like people will say. Oh, you know, you went, you know, you paid for, you know, uh, $500, let's say, for a dinner with wine pairing at Alinea in Chicago. Um, but, you know, the thing is, and I say this to somebody who has not paid $500 for a dinner at Alinea, just so we all know. Um, but I can get why you would want to do that, because it's, it's more than eat. It's more than taste. Like, it's this immersive, interactive experience. It's part artistry as you see the presentation or you know you go to an art exhibit and you're amazed at somebody's creativity and their worldview that you see through this this you know this this artwork they've created it's the same thing except food is is the medium um and then if you're if you're tasting something that looks say like an egg yolk but then it tastes like gorgonzola and the you know, as your brain is trying to process the, the texture versus the taste and, and all of this, like, like I get that you're paying for more than just a burger for dinner. And considering the amount of labor, the amount of testing, the amount of, of, of work and, and just the hours and the equipment that goes into this, I, I get that there needs to be compensation. You know, I get that, that it's an expensive, just like, you know, you would pay how much money to go see the the immersive Van Gogh exhibit in mm-hmm. Detroit. I, I see it as sort of similar, but yeah. it does, yes, definitely come with attitudes and pretense and um, and violations of labor laws and all kinds of other atrocities towards the staff. And, I don't, I don't dispute that. And murder, lots of murder. So and uh, murder. <laughs> if, if it pops onto a streaming service for free. I'm telling you, you'll you'll enjoy the heck out of the first half of it, and then uh, when the husband part okay. happens, shut it off. But you'll you'll really enjoy it because I I had <laughs> I had little little Mary uh, on my shoulder, like watching, talking to me about the movie, whispering to me in the movie theater as I was watching it because I couldn't stop thinking of you for the first half of it, and then I'm like, oh, Mary would shut it off right here, right? That 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 person doesn't. That person. Oh oh my. I probably would from what the sound okay. of it. <laughs> All right, we have wrapped up. Craig would watch it and give me the rundown. Fair, fair enough. If he's not sneezing from everything he's allergic to. Precisely. If he's not been drilled out in a coma, he will tell me. <laughs> uh, we have wrapped up this month's episode. What, a quick preview of what's right. what's uh, what's happening this Sunday in the Mary edition of The Blade. This Sunday is the 15th. Um, so I have, you know, of course, I, I work ahead. So I try to remember what day it is and what the story was. Um, the, the holidays are over. The credit card bills are coming due. Uh, we are doing cheap dinners. I have got four cheap dinners beyond just, you know, let's serve biscuit pancakes and, and, and um, you know, corn syrupy syrup. Uh, I, everything that I made was a, was a big hit here during the photo shoot, so I, I hope everybody likes it. Uh, it was probably my cheapest grocery shopping trip of the entire time I've been here, and it's been almost nine years now, so I, I hope it helps. Because grocery prices are astronomical, we all had too much fun at the holidays, and we just need something simple and inexpensive that that the family will love. I want you to take a handful of candy corn and toss it into your mouth (laughs) every time you see 
Um, somebody uh, making a joke, like uh, they're popping up everywhere. I've seen different themes. The one that pops to my head is get your girl something expensive for Valentine's Day. A crate of eggs. Yes, I saw. You know, eggs have gone up proportionally an astronomical amount. At the same time, and I note this in the story, they are still a very cheap protein. If you look at chicken legs, if you look at, you know, um, ground beef, if you look at other sources of protein, cheese, everything has gone up. When you consider the amount of things you can make with eggs and the ways you can stretch them. So you've got like some leftover vegetables and some cheese and, you know, some tidbits and things. Throw it all into an omelet. Throw it all into a frittata. Stretch the egg. Eggs are still a, a comparatively inexpensive nutrition source. And yes, they have gone up astronomically. And people who are on cards and who are really hurting I, I know it's affected them deeply, 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 but I still recommend eggs as a as a as a reasonably priced way to feed people and not get bored of looking at the same food all the time. Look at it look at it through the prism of we have been underpaying for eggs for decades and now the scales are just evening. That's right. It doesn't help the people who are who are who are hurting um, to to know that, but but yes, you can you can still feed your family and 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 stretch the, the, the stretch your grocery budget.